Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the SAMS Report. I am actually on location at the Build Conference in San Francisco, and today is April 1st. But I'm actually recording this uh, the day before. I've got quite a few things going on in the morning, and I really wanted to make sure I recorded this episode. So for those of you who are looking for the YouTube version, that is not happening. Um, I am just recording this on my Surface Book, and we're only doing an audio version this week, so I apologize for that. And you'll probably notice the sound quality is not as good uh, because I don't have my Blue Yeti or my full uh, setup with me. But, wow, what a good week. What a, what a conference, right? Microsoft had a lot packed into the event. Um, a lot of stuff was known. There was some good Redstone information. A lot of things they showed off, uh, off the record, too. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty pumped about what the direction Microsoft is taking. Um, I think there's some things we need to dive into here to make uh, their imagery and, and their future a little bit better understood because I think some people were disappointed that there wasn't more pizzazz and all that stuff around Windows, but um, I don't think we've quite seen everything yet. So let's kick it off. Microsoft announced, actually I should say Terry Meyerson announced, that there are 270 million installs of Windows 10. So that's a pretty good number. If you kind of look at the math here, they last announced, uh, what was it, about 200 million back in early January, and now at the end of Q1, we're saying, uh, or they're saying 270 million. So, you know, math is easy here. About 70 million installs uh, in this quarter. Now, depending on how you take this, um, some people say, hey, this is really good. Other people, a little bit different, um, because Microsoft, again, they still said a billion machines within, let's see, they said within three years maximum, um, was roughly the, the wording that they used. So they need to get to that 333 million number by July. And I personally think that they will get there. Obviously, so I think some people were thinking that it was going to be a little bit higher of a number. But I don't know, 270, it's not even a year old platform. I'd say that's pretty good. I, I don't, I'm not really too concerned about it. But you got to remember too, this includes things like IoT. This isn't all just desktop machines. This is Xbox and phone and all sorts of different platforms. So 270, that's where they're at. They've got a ways to go to get to the billion figure and they're being super aggressive about it. But I think they are on track. Um, they like to highlight that they are ahead of where Windows 8 was um, by a long shot. And Windows 7, if you go back and watch the keynote, they actually put up a graph and you know they, they did what Microsoft likes to do and they showed a Windows 10 adoption rate is way above everything else. So there you go, 270 is the million, 270 million is where we're at today. Um, so. 270. But really, the biggest thing that Microsoft announced at Windows 10, uh, at the Windows 10, good job, Brett. Uh, the biggest thing that Microsoft announced at this build conference, at least from kind of a consumer perspective, especially from an insider, is the Anniversary Edition. I personally do not like this name at all. Um, I know they're not scheduling another release for later that year, but I'm kind of joking around since, hey, if they come out with a November update, are they going to call it the Annulment Edition? Actually, and sorry, it is the anniversary update, not edition. I need to, to correct myself there. Anniversary update. So they announced this on stage, and they announced quite a few features. So we got inking support, Cortana, biometric, and other, some other things that were announced uh, not on the stage, too, coming. So let's dive into inking here. I'm really actually, I just got actually um, a hands-on with this, and I'll have a post up here in a little bit. Um, it should be live by the time this podcast goes up, up on Surat. And inking support. I'm really happy Microsoft is doing this. So what they're doing is they're building like um, like a little quasi action center thing into the taskbar. And if you have your pen, it's a 
that's a place where you can go and get inking apps, you can go get notes, you can go get overlays, you can get everything you need to actually make the pen more useful. Right now, the pen is kind of just tied into OneNote, and there's some other features and Edge and whatnot, but I think Microsoft finally figured out how to use the pen effectively, and it's cool. So you can open up um, the Ink Center by clicking the button on the pen, and you can have it take a screenshot instantly and allow you to write over on anything. Uh, Microsoft is also offering the ability for UWP apps with two lines of code. You can now integrate right on, which means that using the pen, um, you can write right on top of the apps. And they already announced that Office and Calendar and I think Maps, um, I don't know if Mail was in there, are all going to integrate this writing feature. There's also a new note-taking functionality. And really what they're doing is actually giving the pen a home in Windows 10. And it's something that they've really needed because if you didn't use OneNote, then there was really no reason to use the pen at all. And I think that was a, an objective here. Microsoft wanted to make the pen much more useful than it actually is. And I learned actually a couple of new tidbits about this. So Microsoft is going to allow you to fully, or I shouldn't say fully, much more customization on the pen. You're going to allow uh, customization of what the button launches, um, different features about if you're left-handed or right-handed. And a new feature that is coming that Microsoft, I don't believe, talked about here, um, is that they're going to allow, and they claim this is the first OS to let you do this, that if you're using the pen and that pen tip is actually touching the screen, you can still use your other hand to tap on the screen. Now, and now don't, don't get this confused with palm support and all that stuff. It'll still do palm rejection and all that stuff, but they're saying it's the first OS to allow you to use the pen while writing to tap around and move around the canvas uh, with another finger. So pretty cool. You can turn that feature off and on if you don't like it, but it is something they're going to do and make sure to check out how you can actually customize the pen because I've been pretty prominent uh, vocal user lately. Well, not lately, but at least when it comes out that they need to let you customize the pen more and it is going to finally happen. Finally happen with the anniversary update. Other things that are coming, Cortana everywhere. This was kind of hinted at uh, recently, but they're gonna allow Cortana to break out of the little shell that she lives in in the bottom left corner and to be better integrated into apps like Outlook. Um, specifically, they showed off how Cortana can do things on the back end, such as meetings, and proactively pull up information about traffic and locations and all sorts of good stuff, and make sure that your schedule is a little bit nice and tidy. Nice and tidy. Uh, one of the neat things that they're now doing is Microsoft is making Cortana much more fluent on the back end things. I, I don't really talk to my PC. I don't say, hey, hey, Cortana. I don't, I, well, they just opened it. But um, I don't use Hey Cortana much just because I don't genuinely like talking to my PC. So they're going to allow it to do more things on the back end and get more information about you. If you opt in, privacy people take note, you can, this is all opt in and all that good stuff, to surface more content for you and allow it to integrate into apps better and allow it to integrate across the UI much more cleanly in a way that they haven't really fully detailed. But I think that's their ambition is to make Cortana a much more back end, better piping in the anniversary update. Other things that are coming, biometric support. Well, and you're thinking, Windows 10 already has biometric support, Brad, and you're correct. So Windows Hello, but they're gonna allow you to build it into apps and actually use it on the web. So you can use, now use biometric support once you get your passwords and all that set up to have the app um, kick on Windows Hello, use that support uh, authentication framework to log you in and get everything running. So that's pretty cool. I'm hoping that people are opt not optimistic, but uh, people actually integrate this because Windows Hello is a really great security feature, uh, makes everything a little bit better, and heck, it, you know, it's easy to log in with your face. You just look, you don't even have to smile, and, you, and you're just right on in. 
so other things that are coming that they did not announce. So Microsoft, through the Insider Hub, kind of gave us some hints that the start menu is going to change. Actually, they didn't give us some hints. They actually gave us imagery. It's called, it was a quest. And they're talking about updating the all apps section to make it a little bit more user friendly in the full screen mode. So go check that out. It's up on Surat. Um, it's, it's best just to look at it. But hey, they're coming. They're going to do some changes. And what this more importantly means is that Microsoft very clearly did not announce everything on stage this week that is coming to Windows 10. Right? So if they're doing this stuff, um, we know that, yeah, there's some other things that are coming that they haven't announced. Because um, I think there was a lot of discussion around, hey, live tiles should be doing stuff like that. Maybe what about folders for live tiles? Um, and we didn't really hear anything about that. I don't know if it's off the table or what, but I still think Microsoft has a couple things that might be coming not announced. Specifically, Gabe Owl, Gabe Owl, um, you know, the, the leader of the Insider program, announced, or he didn't announce, but he was doing a session on Channel 9, and somebody asked about a dark theme. And while he did not specifically confirm that the dark theme was finally coming with this update, he, if you go back and watch the session, he makes it seem very clear that um, users will be happy who want the dark theme with the anniversary update. So I think that might mean it's coming. And again, this just is another feature that Microsoft did not announce this week that I think is uh, going to show up. Yeah, this is uh, a lot. That's really a lot of stuff for an annual update. You got to remember, it's only been a year. Um, and not even a year since we got our last update. Last update came in November. So they are really cranking on this stuff and trying to get it out the door. So it's good. I'm, I'm happy to see that they're, they're putting some real meat to this. And I'll be curious to see what else Microsoft is cooking up for us. We know there's some changes coming to Action Center. Uh, one of the changes that was actually spotted in one of the builds that they showed on stage is that Microsoft had an option, and this is really minor stuff, but still, again, something they didn't announce. Um, is that the clock in the bottom right corner, it gets rid of the date. It's actually a little bit larger. It doesn't have the date underneath. And other things we know that are coming, Action Center, um, I think Gabe talked about this again on his Channel 9 session. The icon is going to move to the right of the clock. I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see how it looks um, when they implement it and trial it out. But that's another thing that they are considering. So for those of you who looked at Windows 10 and said, gosh, that's it? I don't think my, I don't think the conversation is done yet. I think Microsoft's got more, more up their sleeve. So that is a quick run through of Windows 10, and keep your eyes out. We should be getting a new version of that. Um, I was hoping that they were going to push a build this week, but having heard some of the issues and other things that came across, I understand why they did not. And the last build that came out on the fast train wasn't the most stable thing. So, hey. Look for it. Hopefully, hopefully next week we'll see what uh, what Microsoft has, you know, has to do and what Gabe has to do to get that build ready for us to play with. Other big things announced at Build this week: Bash, Bash, Linux fans rejoice! Bash is coming to Windows 10 with the anniversary update. And what this really is is another command line tool that developers love. It's people who like Bash and live in the Linux world. Um, this is great because it, it offers more features than, say, PowerShell or Command. And it's just another way that Microsoft is allowing its Windows platform to be more open and more free-flowing, if you want, in the developer world. So people who wanted Bash commands, here you go. And Ubuntu was uh, helping them do this, and it's coming with the anniversary update. What else happened this week? Xamarin. We finally got the full picture on the Xamarin. Um, how Microsoft is going to monetize, or should I say not monetize this. 
it's they are going to be including it for free with, uh, let's see, the Visual Studio Enterprise and I think Professional Studios. It's just, it's just another feature at the end of the day. And the Community Edition, uh, we'll get Xamarin as well. So Xamarin's a really cool cross-platform uh, framework. It allows you to build iOS and all that good stuff and actually emulate it on Windows. And for developers, this is great. This is gonna be a big thing for them. Um, it's a pretty obvious reason why Microsoft bought them. And it took uh, you know, it was about time. So keep moving along here. What else got, got stirred up this week? So I gotta clarify something that I wrote. Um, shame on me for not doing enough research, but I don't really know if this is completely my fault. But you know what? I wrote it, so I should take whatever responsibility. So native ad blocking is not coming to Edge. It was actually started by VDNet. Uh, they went to a session that I did not go to, and they took a picture of a slide and said, hey look, Microsoft's building native ad blocking. Um, and not having the context around the slide, you look at the slide, it says ad blocking built into Edge. Like, that's very clear English. So it's like, hey, this is great. Um, it turns out, no, they're not. So what, what that was is that slide that VDNet um, posted up was actually just a list of things that they needed to accomplish. And so that was based off the insider feedback that says, hey, when do Edge needs an ad blocker? And so they said, yes, it is gonna have one. But the way it's having one is through the extensions. And what they were doing is just marking that feedback as complete. Hey, we addressed this um, through extensions. And ZDNet did not put that correct context around it. So native ad blocking is not coming to Edge. It's gonna come via an extension. I just wanted to make that clear. And when Satya took the stage at Build on the first day, he introduced what Microsoft is calling a new platform, and they, he's calling it the conversation is Microsoft's next platform. It's an interesting idea. And what they're doing is they're starting to build out products and services around the idea that the conversation is the new user interface. Now that could be spoken words, and it could be text, it could be emails. Um, it's just the conversation is the platform. And so the way and tools they're doing to build around this platform is Cortana, right? Cortana works with text and voice and all that. And it brings enhancing, it brings new features to a conversation such as being able to contextually uh, look up content based on what you ask. It knows what you're doing so it can surface that information. And they're also bringing this into Skype with bots. For example, if you're in a conversation, you can query a bot about a hotel reservation and it's enhancing that conversation. So what Microsoft is trying to do with this platform, and it's using it as a nebulous term here, is make sure that when you're talking and communicating that they have AI on the back end and bots uh, augmenting, I don't know if that's the correct word, but enhancing the conversation in a natural way is the key. And what's important to understand about this, that this is gonna be a, a driving pillar for Microsoft. So they're gonna start looking at the conversation and saying, hey, how can we enhance that medium for communication? Is it through Cortana? Is it through bots? Is it through AI intelligence? Is it through some sort of machine learning? And that's how they're starting to think about developing new uh, products, new features. So it's important to understand that this is the mindset Microsoft is now taking, that a conversation is the platform. How do we make it better? And so it's pretty cool to see them do this, and it helps to just understand the direction Microsoft's taking. It's good stuff, it really is. 
And I think it's an interesting approach to software too, right? We generally think of software as a DXE file, you open and run, but no, now they're taking the software and integrating it into places that you may not typically think um, with AI and machine learning and all that good stuff. So that is the conversation as a platform. Man, we are cooking. I'm trying to make keep this concise here, but um, <laughs> still got a lot of things to go. Microsoft uh, announced their bot framework. I wrote about this last week. Walking Cat actually uncovered the URL. And what bots are, bots are um, a piping of services on the back end that allows you to create new experiences. For example, in Skype, which I just mentioned, uh, you can create a bot that can do hotel reservations. So based, you can query the bot with inside of Skype and say, hey, I need a hotel reservation. It knows you like the Westin, so it can pull up the Westin information. And this bot links into the Westin reservation system, gives you price quotes, and you can book a hotel directly inside of Skype. It's really, really cool. And these bots are going to be everywhere. Microsoft actually thinks the bot is going to be the next app. They think that we're hitting kind of a saturation point around the apps. Um, don't get me wrong, still great apps will come along, but these bots will integrate within the app and give you new and unique experiences. Like the one bot that uh, actually Microsoft's had, Frank Shaw of, of their uh, PR and communications and all that good stuff uh, mentioned to me is that Microsoft actually has an Active Directory bot. And what this is, and mind you, bots work on any language and any type of communication. So they have a bot at Microsoft that let's say you have a meeting with somebody and you don't know where their office is. Using this bot, you can text their name to it and it'll look up in the Active Directory and tell you where they're sitting. That's a pretty cool little thing. And you can use this through text message, through Skype or whatever. And it's just a really simple way of a bot that can integrate into a service that already exists that enhances the functionality. And I think we're gonna see a lot of these bots. Uh, Microsoft was actually not too detailed about these bots and deployments for, I think, a couple reasons. I think they're still trying to figure out how they're going to, I mean, they know how they're gonna manage and deliver them, um, but they kinda wanna see where developers take this stuff, and it, it's brand new, so they don't have a lot of detailed third-party extensions or third-party bots yet, but Microsoft is putting a lot of effort into these bots, and, and they are very bullish on it uh, becoming the next kind of big thing, and they're hoping that developers pick them up, and we'll see where we're at. We'll see where we're at in about a year with the bots. But it's kind of cool. I like these bots. I like this idea. It's different. Um, it's not the same you know, kind of rhetoric we've heard from Microsoft year after year. It's a new adventure. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see what honestly happens with these bots. So Azure had a big week um, today, actually. Well, yesterday, if you're listening to the podcast. Um, big long session. I think today's session was a little too long. They probably could have chucked or cut off probably 45 minutes of it because um, people were mentally checking out, if not physically leaving, just because it was it was too long. But Azure Functions, which I wrote about last week, are getting real, and this is the AWS Lambda competitor and also Google Functions uh, running. You know, it's one of those things. It's a small little service. Only you only pay for when it's used. And um, you know, go check out the post on that Azure Functions now. But Microsoft also gave us a good look inside of Azure too. Obviously, we've or I should say, I've talked about Azure tons. I've talked about Azure being the future of Microsoft. And when you look at these stats, uh, it's no surprise. So Microsoft led off with saying, hey, we have more data centers than AWS and Google combined. Um, and in these data centers, they said they're getting 120 new thousand customers per month. 
Uh, 1.3 million SQL databases are in Azure. Two trillion messages per week are processed using Azure IoT. Uh, five million organizations are using Azure Active Directory. Four million devs are registered with Visual Studio Team Service. And 40% of the revenue, I think this is really interesting, 40% of the revenue comes from startups or ISVs. So a lot of people were thinking, hey, Azure's just making money because they got the enterprise. But 40% of the revenue is not coming from large companies. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good stuff, actually. And so, yeah, that's Azure Functions. They, they said the Azure Fabric is now hitting general availability. And I don't know. Um, to be honest, I was thinking they were going to announce more about Azure. But really, they just talked up some of the new capabilities, uh, the, the functions. And there's, they spend a lot of their time talking about Office 365 connectors, which don't get me wrong, are great, but not so much on Azure new features. Um, I don't know, maybe I just missed it, but that's just kind of my short take of it. I was hoping to see a little bit more out of them. But, you know, good stuff still. Azure's growing like crazy. And it's Microsoft's new cash cow. It's the future of the company. And yeah. Oh, I want to jump back here and talk about the bots for a second. Microsoft will be monetizing the bots. Uh, the AI intelligence on the back end uses Azure. And obviously, if you're using Azure, it's not free. So Microsoft will be monetizing the bots to some extent. I don't think every single bot is going to be, you know, I don't think you're going to go pay for bots. I'm not quite sure how they're going to do this. I think they're still trying to figure it out. But they will be monetized to some extent on the back end. Um, what else is going on this week? So prior to build, um, I'm going to jump back here for a second. Um, I got my hands on the new Skype Universal app. Hey, and it's a Skype Universal app. There's nothing really too crazy about it, but I did get my hands on it. I've used it, and yeah, it, it's Skype and a Universal app. The one thing that makes me not too happy about it is, and I think this is a limitation of the UWP framework, is so on my screen, I have TweetDeck open, and I also have the Skype Win32 app collapsed, like the smallest you can make that Skype app sitting right next to it. So it all fits on the screen, looks really nice, and works. The UWP app does not get narrow enough to fit. And I, it just doesn't work. Like, you, you ca I can't make it small enough for what I need. And I hope that they enable this functionality. Otherwise, this is not going to make me very happy. But I got my hands on that app. Um, I also got my hands on the new OneDrive app. My Microsoft is building out a universal Windows platform OneDrive app, and it's OneDrive. No recognition, no mention of placeholders. Um, that's another thing we know that I believe is coming with Windows 10 that they didn't talk about with placeholders. Um, I know they're working on it still, but uh, OneDrive universal app I got to play with. Let's go check it out. It's up on Grot, nice gallery, and it's just OneDrive and universal app. It's nothing really all that crazy. But yeah, it's coming soon. Um, another app that I got to play, this was like a week of apps. I got a whole bunch of stuff that I wasn't supposed to. Uh, the Mail app now has a pop-out feature. Thank goodness. I've, I use the Mail app a lot. Um, it's, it's my primary email application. People are like, why don't you use Outlook? It's like, I, I don't need it. I like the Mail app. One of the features it did not have that the Calendar app had is that if you're reading an email message and you want to go look at another one, you had to close it. But now you can actually pop that conversation out into its own window and view two emails at once. This it's, I'm very happy this is coming. So a bunch of new apps that are coming down the pipeline to help fill out the Azure Store. Or Azure Store, the Windows Store. Come on, did I get that right? Uh, yeah, so that stuff's coming along. 
Other things that were announced at Build this week, HoloLens is now shipping, and this happened, and <laughs> even though Microsoft very clearly announced that there's no hardware coming at this event, uh, when they announced Azure shipping, they brought out the box, and like the whole room, like you could just dead silence, you're like, oh my god, are they actually gonna give everybody a HoloLens? Um, and then there was a very awkward hug between Alex Kitman and the other individual, I can't remember his name, but yeah. HoloLens was not given out. There was no hardware given out to everybody, um, just like Microsoft said. I honestly thought they were gonna give like a Azure credits or MSDN stuff, but nope, nothing so far. Anyways, HoloLens is now shipping. So other fun things at Build. I, it's kinda interesting to be at Build this year because I think there's, unlike last year, last year they had just shown off Windows, starting to show off Windows 10, and get serious about that. Now that Windows 10 is launched, it's all about these UWP. Now Microsoft is going to be doing extensions in the store. They're, they're talking about their games in the store, but that's kind of their focus is they want everything into the store and they're giving developers more tools. The Centennial app uh, converter is now released and you can go port your stuff into the Windows store. But that's kind of been the theme along with uh, developments in Edge and kind of giving an update on all their other platforms. But the general feeling at build, I would say, is pretty optimistic. Um, there's nobody running around doing like anything crazy. Like it's not like people are like running and bouncing off the walls. But I think people are. I don't know. It, it's a it's a good feeling at build, but it's not like elated or like super amped about everything that's coming down the pike. I guess if that makes sense. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. That build was bad. That's just kind of the general feeling you get because I don't know if every developer is truly buying into the, the universal Windows platform um, framework, but there is a lot of good stuff. Developers were eating it up. And, and keep in mind, this is a developer conference. This is not a consumer show. And the Xamarin stuff, people were going crazy for. I think that was probably the hit of the show is announcing that stuff's gonna be free. Um, free or an, a free add-on to an existing service you're already paying for. But overall, I think Microsoft has done a pretty good job of running build. There were no major hiccups. Um, I think Terry Meisen had his slides crash or something during his, his part of the show. Um, behind the scenes, I don't know, it's been a, a decent event. I think Microsoft is finally happy to have a lot of the stuff out in the open and they're talking about it. I talked extensively to the Edge team about their new and they are very happy that people are no longer harassing them about it, although they still have a ways to go, and they weren't quite sure when uh, you wouldn't be able to go to the store and download it, because that's just a new feature. Although, I oh, I forgot. Even after they ship extensions and you have to go through the store, you will still be able to sideload extensions if you want. Microsoft will not be removing that functionality. I'm guessing they're gonna keep it locked in some sort of developer mode but that will be an option. You will still be able to sideload er, extensions after uh, they ship. So keep that in mind, otherwise you're gonna have to go through the Windows Store. And I'll be curious, I didn't get a real clear answer on this, so if you're submitting an app to the Windows Store, you have to get it certified, right? It has to go through the process. Now, it would make sense that an uh, extension should have to do the same thing if it's inside the store. And I was like, well, what's this review process gonna be like? How long is it gonna take? And they were, they didn't really give me a clear answer. So just kind of keep that in mind. And I'm gonna leave the show here on a open-ended question because I didn't get this answer and I don't know if Microsoft honestly knows this answer either. 
what happens to Windows 10 in July? So they mentioned it's ca calling it the anniversary update, which means we should be getting that update around that time. But what about the cost of Windows 10? Are they going to start charging for this update? And that's why they're trying to get everybody to aggressively upgrade? Or are they going to keep it free? I, I suspect they're going to keep it free um, so that they can hit their goals and keep pushing like this. But they have not yet, and we were kind of hoping they would this week, they've not yet clarified what's going to happen to the pricing of Windows 10. So if you've been holding out, and I would recommend upgrading unless you have a very strong reason not to, but we don't really know what's going to happen. And if you do, please let me know. I would, I would actually love to know in July, but I, I actually don't think Microsoft is that far down the road yet about what they're going to do. So this has been a fun build. I've had a lot of fun out here with Paul, uh, Mary Jo, and hanging out with all of real, you know, every other Windows person out there. I got to chat with Marcus and Ash quite a bit, and I'm sure I'll see Gabe uh, here probably this evening. So I hope everybody has enjoyed build. I hope you've enjoyed what we put up on Petrine Corrupt, and we've got some more fun things coming, I believe. But this, I'm really happy I was able to get this podcast done. I was afraid because I've got a meeting tomorrow during this particular time. But this has been the build edition of the Sam's Report, and thanks for listening, everybody.